Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about control, meaning the control inside yourself, where you feel like you have control issues within and how it affects you and what's underneath it and what it reveals about you spiritually. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So, Scott, where would you say you have, I think, like the most anxiety with control issues? Okay. All right. I, I would say pretty much everything. Everything I do. Everything. I <laughs> everything. agree. Do you want me to be more I, specific? <laughs> well, um, you know, what happened was, and I'm going to talk about this later as we get into it, as I get into my my part of it, um, I had like a real wake-up call about control. And some of us, it's really easy to see where people are controlling. But some of us are very controlling, but we keep it very self-contained. And that's like me. And I was noticing it in myself and I had a whole thing and I'm going to get into it. But with you, because I had the spiritual download about it, I wanted to know what exactly in your life you have the most anxiety aligned with control. I I mean, so many things. Again, I I don't know if I could even pinpoint it. It's that many, but... You know, I the, I really don't like people doing things for me. Mm-hmm. That's like a number one thing. Like whether it comes to like something around the house, parking my car. Uh, now I know that you and the whole family would just utter <laughs> one word, which is chip. Yeah. Well, you don't like to pay for valet. Yeah, no, I truly don't. <laughs> it's not even that. Like valet is like what? It's like two, three dollars. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I know. I, I, <laughs> I know. It's not that. I don't want someone getting in my car. And, and parking it because, like, they could, like, you know, dent it. They could do a Ferris Bueller's Day Off and take it for a joyride. <laughs> They're going to take your RAV4. My RAV4, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they might take it around town. <laughs> Making someone's dreams come it, true in your RAV4 with the car seat in it, the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I, you know, or, you know, like, today... Like our, our doorknob fell, it know, did. fell off the door. It just totally fell off. And the you're door. like, call Otto. Oh, Otto's like, our handy guy. Our handy guy. And I'm like, no, not like all of a sudden, like, like, get all, like I'm going to do it. I, I want to fix it. And, right. and we did. And, and we, we fixed did. It. And we yes, fixed it. it's true. So I, but I thought you just didn't want to spend the money. No, I mean, even like the, these, we have these massive palm trees. Yeah. And they're like $20 to take all like the berries and all the stuff off them, like all the dead. To trim them. Trim them. Mm-hmm. Trim them. Right. And instead of like just asking, you know, Armando or someone, our our gardener, our landscaper, our yeah. landscaper. I just bought a one of these massive twenty five foot poles yeah. and just did it myself. It's real scary, which though. is you know harder than <laughs> yeah. anything. And I was always I, I was always dying. You have a machete, yes, attached and attached to twenty five feet of very wobbly pole. Yeah. But you did it, and I'm on a ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got berries like just. Coming down to my eyes. Yeah, and branches are hitting me in the head. head. But you did it. That's fine. But I did it. And, you know, I could have easily just called Armando for, right. the, for the, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. Yes, he's about but money. But it's not that. I, it's not, it's, no, I don't know if it's no. about You just mentioned okay, so, the money. <laughs> it's true. I know. <laughs> no, I know. No, it I sounds under- like it is, but it's not. I'm not even talking about that okay, stuff. Okay. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, get, give it to me. Get, read me. Just, just <laughs> go ahead. Just get it over with. No, because, like, I have my issues and you have your issues. It's just, like, I feel like... With you, I see you needing like other like you don't really always have faith in other people. Okay, all right. To That's... do something, it's interesting. And I also get that there's a very specific way you need something done. Okay. And if it's not done that a very specific way, 
And and I think the rest of us are all like, let him do it. Because, you know, if you do it incorrectly, you're going to hear about it or yeah. something. So that's how we, the rest of us are with you. Like, let him do it. Because it, because there's a, a very specific way. And I often wonder, like, why do you need to do it so specifically in that way? Like, what's going to happen? Like, if we don't have sit at the perfect table at the restaurant, who cares okay. if, if the waiter bumps you or you hear somebody else's conversation? You know what I mean? Or if... It takes us 20 minutes longer to get somewhere because we took a different street someone suggested. Like, whatever. You know, like, what? Like what is that inside of you? All right. That, that's great. Okay. So, like, <laughs> no, like, no. what I, is that? Like, seriously. Right. Like, why? We got to get this fixed. Um, no, no, it's fine. I just want to no, know. No, it's true. Because, like, even the other, you know, when we went on the ghost hunt in St. Augustine and I had given Jules the task, you know, one of the people that came. Yeah. Of doing the name tags. And she was doing them. And she was probably doing them fine. But then I like pulled her over to me. Like, hey, let me let's just do this together, and I'll do it with you. And then I started to you know do it okay. myself with her with her help. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I couldn't just let her just do it. Do it now. What's wrong with me? That that's right. There's something wrong with me because I could have just I could have just let her just do whatever way she wanted, and at the end brought me the list all checked off, and it would have been totally fine. And then I could have just you know. Maybe mingled more or something or, or done something else. Well, with that, I have to say what is that with issue? the group events, you like to just be part of it. Like you like to know who's there okay. and kind of, I think because you like to be a leader, That that's like your leadership energy. You want to kind of have a connection with every single person that, that's there. You want to see who didn't show up. You want to see who did show but up. You want to make sure. Isn't that the problem though? That's very controlling, isn't it? Well, I don't know because I think that's more kind of like you're just your leadership vibes. Okay. You know, you knew she was going to do a good job. It wasn't that with her. It's more kind of like, I'm talking more about when you micromanage or I mean, something like that. I'm just going to lay it out here because I just, I'm going to cut to the chase because I know you. Okay. I feel like with you, sometimes your subconscious motivation for being controlling is that you don't want anything done incorrectly so that it points the fingers back onto you. So for some reason, you always just like put yourself in charge. Like you just always think you're in charge. So if something goes wrong, it's your fault. Okay. So if you pass the buck to somebody else, like if you pass the role to somebody else to do something and they do it wrong, it's still your fault. And why are you so scared of something going wrong? Why are you so scared of something not being perfect? Why are you so scared of something being your fault? I see with you all the time, you are absolutely terrified of somebody pointing a finger at you. Well, you screwed up because, or this didn't work out because, or you dropped the ball here, and this is why everything mm. fell apart. So, so you're, okay. So I think that you step into leadership roles, and then you can't let other people help you because you're absolutely terrified of failure because of what you do in your own head to yourself when you fail. And that's what I think. And you actually take responsibility for other people's actions as if their actions are your actions, because it'll just be your fault if they screw up, even if you handed them a job that was their job. Like, you don't even let people have their own responsibility. You take their responsibility back for them. So even with Jules, who's doing a fine job, maybe you had to, like, get her in because you're like, ah, I just have to make sure. Because it's not her fault if I mess up. That's my fault I didn't micromanage her, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. And that, like, it would still always be your fault. And who cares if it's anyone's so fault, by the way? So what you're saying is I'm trying to control the who who like if it's some if something goes wrong I just want it to be on me like I'm trying to control the 
I feel like you, there's a two part thing, like just with you and maybe other people are like this too. Yeah. I feel like you take, and this is your blue. We can talk about an aura color. Your blue aura, I feel like takes responsibility for everyone's good time. Like, and everyone's good time. Bigger the group, everyone's good time is your responsibility. I agree. Yes. Everyone's experience is your responsibility. Yes. To an extent, like you're not, you don't. You're not like me where you're like, oh my God, did they feel seen? Or like, you're not like me that way. You're more just like, okay, we had a good time. It went smooth. Everyone's here. I did what I said. You know, like that, like more of the, the logistical. So you take that responsibility on yourself subconsciously. And that means that anybody helping you, which is like good leadership stuff. Like you make sure that everyone is, everyone is who, it's like you can't give tasks because that would be outsourcing. Right. And outsourcing for you, you can't do it because if they screw up, that's your screw up. Okay. So if you give somebody like even, I think it was like the biggest deal for you in the world to get an accountant. <laughs> it really was like several years ago when we're like, let's just get an accountant. Taxes are confusing. And you were like, I think it was really hard for you to do that. It's hard for you to outsource. Because I feel like if somebody else screws up, that's yeah. your screw up. Okay. Even if it's their job or something. Right. I think you just put, so, you own too much so of everything. I do. I think you're right. That, that's, that's 100% right. And I, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, why it takes me, like, I, I, I dread planning, like, the, the next gathering. Yeah. And I just dread it because, and that's why I dreaded, like, the last one is because, yeah. you know, every decision I do try to make it, but I, yeah, so I want, if, if it's a wrong decision, it's on me. It's not on anyone else. I don't yeah. want anyone else to take on that error. Like, you know, if I if I don't pick the place and someone else picks the place and it's the wrong place, then... But what makes it wrong? I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> you also have this criteria that only exists in your own head. Yeah. That's well, the other I'm, thing. I'm hurt on myself, I guess. That's, and that's what I'm getting to. I feel like you fear your own self-talk. If you mess up, there's a lot of projection and blame on, in, onto yourself. Yeah. If some, but where is that coming from? I don't. Where like, that, what was what? that like? Was there like? It feels like there's probably because I know you already know the answer <laughs> to this. A connection with growing up. Yeah. How how bad was it if you did something without thinking it out? Is, well, you know, mm-hmm. if I got a, a 95 on a test. To, where the you know the question would be where's the other five points you know so so we we internalize you know, that yeah know. you're hard on yourself so we internalize a lot of that and then wherever that internalization of your control is that that's there's fear mm. and that's what we're going to talk about today where is wherever you're being controlling is where you're actually really scared about something so basically, or some other things. We'll you're talk saying about I'm pretty much scared of everything. <laughs> well, I think you're scared of something going wrong, and for some reason, you make this connection that nobody else is making. Oh, that's Scott's fault. Nobody else makes that connection. You make that connection. Yeah. And well, and and it's good to take responsibility and be responsible, but you it's like everything. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's and, everything. It's got to be exhausting. Are yeah, you tired? I get. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Like sometimes it's like the perfect place to eat or like we have to park in the right spot or we have to do like every single thing has to be 
Okay, Scott, you just decide because you're so weird if it's not perfect. Oh, man. A lot thrown at me right now. So oh, I'm kind of speechless. It's but, deep. It's deep. But it's all correct. I, I don't argue. I, mean, I can't even argue any of this. Well, I don't know. It, I, all, I did it to myself this week, too. It's correct. And I'm going to talk about what I discovered with myself, and hopefully we can I, all do it with each other. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to let go of some stuff. And, I, you know, I just, I truly, I can't. I'm at the point I can take it do it. You know, it's like I try. And, you know, I, like it's so easy to, like, it would be so easy to say to someone, okay, we're doing the the gathering. I'm okay, gonna give he's this talking over to, about, by the way, the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Gathering. We try to do it once a year. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, you're awesome. I'm just gonna, you're yellow and you're awesome, and I know you could probably do a thousand times better than me. I'm just gonna give it over to you. Yes, and then just report back to me. Yeah, I can't do that. I know. I, I want know. to. Yeah, like I'd love to. Right. Well, it'll make it so much easier. You like being part of it too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, let's take a little break here okay. because I got to absorb all this stuff and this is going to take me a long time to get through and I don't know if I could have the, the breakthrough right now, but um, it definitely makes sense. And that's the, I guess that's half the battle, just kind of understanding that, right? Yeah, and then, I had that this week too. Yeah, that too. Ugh, so. All right. Lot. All right, so let's do a couple of ads and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the true story of The Watcher, a Netflix show uh, in Oracle. As a parent of a child with eczema, it is very hard to see her struggle with itchiness and discomfort from eczema. And I've always been really hesitant to try new products, but I just have always wanted the best for her. But Glad Skin is safe and gentle on my child's skin. We use the shampoo bar. We use the face wash. We use the body wash. We use the eczema soothing cream. I don't use anything on her that's not glad skin. And that is because it has been the most effective at keeping the eczema at bay. Glad skin is a new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema prone, acne prone, and rosacea prone skin. But what actually causes the itchiness, redness, inflammation, and discomfort in the skin, it's a disruption of the bacterial environment, also called the skin microbiome. Glad Skin specifically works to target the imbalance of in your skin's microbiome. But unlike other skin brands and prescription medications, Glad Skin uses Mike Rio Balance, a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is so effective that 91% of users, adults and children who tried their top selling eczema cream reported significant improvement in just seven days. Gladskin's new oatmeal-free baby for- formula is non-toxic and free of steroids and other common irritants. Uh, pediatricians and dermatologists love Glad Skin for even the littlest of babies, by the way. So if you've been frustrated with your treatment options, please don't wait to try Glad Skin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash K-Y-A. That's gladskin.com slash K-Y-A for 15% off plus free shipping. That's gladskin.com slash K-Y-A. I love to give my loved ones gifts that I know work and that I use myself. Well, Way has everything you need to keep your heart healthy and looking great all winter long. Plus, they've got amazing gift sets that everyone on your list will love. Before Way, I was always 
worried about my hair looking thin and how dry it would get. And when I needed a reset, I didn't quite know what to do. But their best-selling leave-in conditioner and their detox shampoo are actual staples forever in my life. And I like to give those to my loved ones as well. The best-selling leave-in conditioner, it helps with frizz, tangles, flyaways, and breakage for all hair types. I put it on after... Um, the shower before I do any styling because it protects your hair from heat up to 450 degrees and it's color safe and it's cruelty free. And with the Way Better Together kit, you can get the full-sized leave-in conditioner and a full-size detox shampoo for just $40. That's perfect for gifting or trying the best of Way for yourself. Can't get enough? There's also the three-way kit because let's face it, three ways are way better than one. This kit features best-selling travel size detox shampoo, leave-in conditioner, and wave spray to treat, hydrate, and style your hair. So discover all the ways to share joy this holiday season. Go to the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Aura to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Aura. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so Scott and I watched The Watcher, which is a popular show right now on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it and you want to or you're watching it and you haven't finished it yet, this is a spoiler. So spoiler alert, you're going to want to fast forward several minutes until I start talking about control. (laughs) So just move (laughs) on. That's your warning. All right, so we watched the entire special or limited series and... I wanted to do this in aura color. Let's look at the real people. Let's see their aura colors. And also, let's see what really happened. So Scott did a deep dive. I did. And here's the first thing I have to say. I think Netflix claimed that this is based on a true story. I should give the premise. Okay. Give a little of the premise. So the premise of The Watcher is a family two kids, moves into a house that they can't exactly afford, but they do it anyways in kind of like an old established neighborhood. And the neighbors obviously don't want them to be there. And it's kind of sketchy, like who they're buying it from. And then all these, then then, like, it's just weird. And then they start getting these really creepy letters. And the letters are very creepy, describing the children and describing blood and different things and it's signed the watcher and they take it to the cops and the cops seem to fumble it and everybody kind of seems in on it and then there's a hole in the wall and somebody's living in a bedroom in the wall and and there's like blood cults and murders and and stalkers and supernatural and maybe a real estate scam and jennifer coolidge and then, (laughs) then they move and they they sell for a loss right Okay, so that's the show. (laughs) That's the show. And again, I think... And you're like, what? Yeah. Now, as a show, it was fine. It was entertaining. I knew you were going to be mad, though. Held my interest. Yeah. I actually enjoyed watching it. If Netflix claims that this is based on truth, there's a red rant so huge coming. (laughs) They did. That's the beginning, based on a true story. Okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Possibly, possibly 5% of what Netflix showed was true. Okay. The rest is just all fabrication. There's nothing to it. But, all right, so I had to, of course, look into this to see what's going on here. Okay. All right, so in June 2014, Derek and Maria Brodus buy the home from the Woods family. 
657 Boulevard, which they love to say creepily in the show. 657 Boulevard. <laughs> they do say that a lot. Uh, in like a Kylo Ren voice. They use. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like <laughs> Kylo Ren is Adam it. Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he's the guy. I right. don't know. But 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, an affluent area. And, and they buy the home from the Woods family. And again, in the Netflix show, they tell you it's like an LLC. Some sketchy. Sketchy. Yeah. No, the, the Woods talk to them. In fact, the Woods family actually received a letter right before, uh, I think they had already sold it, and then right before the Brodus family was supposed to move in. So they did actually receive a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, they had lived there for 20 years and never had see, received a letter before that. Okay, so, and the Burroughs family knew about the letter. They were up front. That's okay. very nice of them, I guess. And they decided to go ahead with the sale anyway. Mm-hmm. So, they buy. so they buy the home right after they close and start the process of moving in. They get a letter from the watcher. You know, it's a, it's a creepy letter. There's nothing too specific in this letter. Okay. Uh, it does say that they have... Three children, mm-hmm. I think I believe. Yeah, the Although, real family has three children. Yeah, I think in the movie though, the Netflix it was two. Okay, so even that, they do not use any names in that letter. Okay. So there's no like names of the kids. Um, it's mostly about the house being watched for many many years. Like the grandfather, like his grandfather watched it, or or her. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Right. Uh, and then his, her, or his or her father watched the home, and a lot about bringing in new blood. Yeah. Um. I assume the Woods then didn't have children or their children had grown up and moved out. Okay. So when the Brodus's move in, they're bringing in three kids. They were young kids. And the Watcher is happy about that. Yeah. So anyway, they get this this letter and they, you know, bring it to the police. They freak out and they decide not to move in. Okay. So, th- I mean, this right here is why the Netflix show is so ridiculous because mm-hmm. – the Burroughs family never moved they never into this house. Even lived there. Never lived there. They did some renovations, you know, boxes. Never slept one night in the house. They were too freaked out. Right. The whole Netflix show is them living in the yeah. house. <laughs> they were too freaked out. Right. Yeah. Then two weeks later, there's a second letter, a little bit more specific. Uh, again, no mention of names. I think, you know, they, they kind of knew some of the items that had moved into the home. Okay. Like a painting easel. Um, in the in Netflix show, they, it's a piano, so they can't even go, you know, <laughs> there's nothing, right. nothing there. And they can c- continue with this young blood thing. Which that is, is which creepy. Is cre- if you have kids, I, I wouldn't want to move in yeah. either. I'd be creeped out. Yeah. Um, then they, they do get a third letter, another, another letter from the, the watcher. And then they decide they were going to put the house on the market. Mm-hmm. I think about six months after they bought it, they put okay. the house on the market. They had received three letters. Uh, then the internet starts to take hold of it, like you said, Reddit, yeah. uh, and it becomes like an internet sensation for well, yeah, a couple of years. Well, yeah, that's how I yeah. had, so I had heard of this before all this because it was on Reddit. And so when I saw the show on Netflix, I'm like, oh yeah, I heard that story before. And so I kind of had an idea of what actually happened. What's funny is this show seemed like. If you took, if you just kind of scoured the Reddit threads for theories and you just made it into a show, it's like the Reddit thread wrote the show for them. Basically. It was just everyone's kind of conspiracy theories about what was happening. Okay. So they took like conspiracy theories. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I think. It could be. Because I was like, did they just take the Reddit threads and like make cool storylines around it? Because 
Yeah, because everyone was like, oh, "How did he know?" And like they 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 ran with it. The internet ran with it. It was interesting, right? I mean, because you know, and how did to, everybody <laughs> find out about the letters though? Uh, eventually, well, it's a small town. Westfield, I guess, is fairly small. Okay. Although the watcher claims that hundreds of people are walking by their house every day and cars are driving <laughs> by, so I don't know how small it is. But anyway, but apparently it got out in town, and then okay. that's it spread and it spread and it spread. Okay. Um, it got to the internet, of course. Uh, and then there's a, there's a fourth letter that so then they decide to rent the house. This is like two years later. They try to sell it for for like two years. They can't do anything. They're like, oh, could we rent it? Mm-hmm. They decide to rent it. <laughs> there's actually an agreement in the in the renters clause. Like uh, if another letter appears, you can get out of the lease. Oh wow, which is kind of funny. funny. Okay, funny. so there is a fourth letter. Oh, there is. Yeah, so there's oh. a fourth letter that comes then, um, which is a little bit more dark. Gets they get like progressively a little more dark. Okay. Then the husband, Derek, he actually starts sending letters to the neighbors because he's trying to figure out who's sending these letters and he's blaming all the neighbors and he doesn't know. Right. So he starts writing letters and putting them (laughs) in their mailboxes. (laughs) Right. Which they actually did show in the Netflix movie. Yes. uh, That he sent everyone a letter. Yeah. But, and then finally in July of 2019, they sell, sell the house at a loss and the new owners have not claimed any letters again. And like I said before, the... The Woods family lived there 20 years, and they had one letter at the end. So, And, and one of the, the thoughts wasn't that, just like in the Netflix, this is that he was doing it himself, or it was a hoax. Right, right. Right. Yeah, it was a hoax. That's Maybe what he was doing people himself. were accusing him of, yeah. Yeah, they, they may, and yeah, well, let's get into that in a second, I okay. guess. But there's really not much to this story, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And Netflix, you know, I think paid them seven figures. Wow to come up with this thing and it's seven episodes each episode's about 55 minutes so you gotta get seven hours for a story that maybe has like 30 minutes right (laughs) you know you could have done a documentary in 30 minutes and called it a day yeah but all right let's look at the character so Derek in in the netflix show i mean he's clearly a red blue yeah and then they portray him a certain way yeah yeah, let's get his get his colors so i'm looking at the real picture of Derek, and he's on twitter um he's green and blue Okay. And immediately when I see him, he's obsessive. So that's and like in that way, like we're a green person, like I have to solve a problem or a puzzle and I can see him being very obsessive and almost to the point of, and this, I think the Netflix show did this right. Kind of like, are you okay? Like that kind of vibe on him. And if you go look at even if his Twitter, he's says, you know, they say they don't want press. Oh, I don't want attention. We don't want to, but he's uh, he's very active on Twitter. Right. So it's just a lot of, and I get that because you want people believing you that something happened. So you're really hell bent on proving your point or whatever. But why would you then sell your rights to Netflix? Because they basically accused him of partaking in it if right. you watch the show. Anyways, when I see him, he's just really green and blue and he feels extremely focused hyper focused on it to this day still still yeah yeah what's interesting to me is and this is just my own i don't know these people i don't know i'm not this is just my own thought if something interesting like this happens to you (laughs) okay okay, and you're a smart person and what does he do for a living because he feels like he does something where he can kind of project an image yeah what does he do? like, i think it was like I'm not, I'm not exactly sure fine in the in netflix they showed it as like finance yeah lawyer sales, or something sales i think he does something. sales okay yeah, something like that. yeah exactly so if you're like a smart person and like wow this is kind of and it hits the internet then all of a sudden you're like hmm, hmm. 
hmm, hmm. do I have something here? <laughs> you know, lost the house. What can I salvage? And I think two things can be true. Like something can happen to you and you can uh, make money off of it if you're smart enough. And I feel like this guy's smart enough. Okay. You know, like this inter- this thing happened, like you said, it wasn't that interesting. No. It's, it's, but the internet it's made it quite interesting. Right. With all their Reddit threads and whatnot. And that's his story. And I, it would be really interesting, like, how, how did that connection happen with Netflix there? You know, like, how, yeah. did, how did that project happen? Yeah, there, and there actually was a, uh, I think, a Lifetime movie, too. Oh, was there really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, so this is oh, number two. Wow. This is the second thing. Yeah. Okay, so he sold it to Lifetime, too? You can do I that? don't know exactly, but, yeah, they did say there's a Lifetime There's a Lifetime movie. movie. Yeah. Lifetime's really good at kind of doing their own thing, yeah. though. <laughs> lifetime. Anyways, so to me, I feel like he, like I said, two things can be true. Like something weird can happen to you, and then like you can take a step back and be like, "Huh, how do I make money off this?" Right. Which I can see with him. Okay. Bit. His wife. I. It was hard to find a picture of of the family. Maria. The wife. I only found one of Maria. She's wearing sunglasses, but honestly, she looks indigo. And to me, she just looks like somebody who. She probably definitely put her foot down and was like, "We're not moving in," which would have been me. Like, I'm not moving in there. You know, I'm not doing that. Um, and she feels like a bit go with the flow, which you'd have to be if you were married to somebody who's a little (laughs) bit more obsessive than you are about things. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just my read on them. What's her other color? I know she's wearing sunglasses. sunglasses. I can't tell if she's indigo yellow or she's indigo purple. She's definitely indigo. That's interesting because the, the character I would say, you know, in the watcher that she plays, I would say she's either yellow Purple or yellow, blue, indigo. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Like, she flip-flops in that. Yeah. yellow, purple, and The character itself. Yeah, the character itself. Yeah, the character herself is very kind of yellow, but then also indigo. Like you said, and purple. But she can be purple, too, at times. Yeah. That's that's so weird. But, like, you said something funny during the show because the guy who plays... Derek yes. on the show is a famous actor. I forget his name. Yeah, forget his I name like show. him as an actor. Yeah, he's a good actor, but he's Real such a actor. red guy, and you can't oh, yeah. you can't turn that off when you go act. I don't think. No, he plays like the great bad guy. <laughs> he's always a bad yeah, guy, always, and that's why I thought you know he's from the Jumanji You were saying movie. he gave you like Amityville horror vibes. So the same guy. This you know? whole this whole story, and and this is a stretch. So you got to kind of like go with me here. We did a show. We did a podcast episode about the Amityville horror house. And obviously without the gore and the horror and all that, okay, like take that out of it. Derek does not, he kind of reminds me of the dad in that story too, which isn't a story, it really happened. And that there was this, even his own kids in the Amityville Horror House said like things happen, but not that crazy, the dad said. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then they they sold a story, it was a book, it was a movie, you know what I mean? And this guy reminds me of him. Yeah. And where it's like, yeah, well, things happen. Wasn't that wasn't that crazy, you know? And now it's a you know movie, and you know all these things. So I just it has the same vibe, vibe to, to me. Yeah, sure. It has the ex- and it's interesting in the Netflix show they make it kind of like an, a horror house, a house of horrors, right? And that and that's what I was thinking because I you know again I didn't know anything about the story. I'm like I'm thinking, oh, this must be a paranormal. Movie. They tried to yeah, spin they it. try to make it. Seem well, like the Reddit a, threads were like that. They might have even <laughs> were, they might have even used the Amityville Horror House as their inspo. You, in, inspo, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's just interesting when you see because people are people, yeah, and you can kind of get patterns in them, and it, it just kind of reminds you of each other, right? Um, 
So. But yeah, that's our take on the Watcher. We had to do it. So the, I mean, the <laughs> but here's the one question that still remains: is they there were definitely letters. Yeah, we're assuming that Derek didn't write the first three right um, letters. Maybe he did write the fourth one. Was it with, different with that than Renner. the other three? It was a little bit different. Hmm. Um, who was this person? You know. You know, was it, what was it? Do you have, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, know. I don't know. If you, cause I'm more like the aura thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like Derek's making it all up. up. The three letters. I don't think he's like, there's a kernel of truth that I think just got kind of like, yeah. you know, sh- shined up a bit yeah. <laughs> into something a little bit more like cool like that. Um, but I, if you think about it, people are weird. Do you get anything? From, do you have a picture of the house by any chance? I do. Yeah. What do you get from the house? Before we close up this. Oh, the house itself. I mean, I don't know when this was taken, but it feels kind of lonely to me, the house. And it has an Amityville horror feeling vibe. The house, even <laughs> the architecture looks very similar. Okay. Um, But it has a bit of a lonely feeling to me. Okay. It does, like kind of big and empty and Does and it have whatnot. a paranormal feeling or no? I think all old houses have that vibe to them just because there's history and you spend so much energy, you make so much memories there and you invest so much of yourself in that space. But to me, it feels lonely. And it's interesting that the letters say, and this is really creepy, but it's so nice to have young blood in the house or whatever. If you're really attached to a house for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you kind of do get excited when a nice family moves in. I have to say that. Like... there's no old houses in Florida, like where, where we're living. You don't see any. But I remember growing up in Buffalo, like being, oh, this house is so nice. Oh, I'm so glad a family moved in there. You know, you just you just want kind of for the house something. So I can see this house like people wanting something for it hmm. because it just kind of stands there. People probably drive by it because you said it's on a busy street, right? You get, people are drive, driving by it all the time. It's like, oh, did your family moved into that house? That's great. Oh, good. Because there's something about that house where you just want to see it, I guess, put in a place where it could live up to its potential. And it's a family house. Yeah. It's and, a family house. Okay. And that makes sense with the letters because the letters do talk about like there was a time where the house was like great and lively. Oh, do they? And, yeah. And they claim that they were used to go to the house. Oh, that's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. As a child. Oh, wow. And they, you know, that's, and there's like, they're very upset that they're doing the renovations. Oh, so that's kind of like in the show. That's funny. In the letters, they talk about that. So it seems like they just want that house (laughs) to be back to its old glory. I get that. Which. When you're, when you grow up around houses like that, you do want the best for them. Right. Because you, I don't know, it's just something you want to see it live up to its potential. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's just like a weirdo that liked the house. Yeah, some weirdo who knows? guy or woman who just really loved that house. Some people are like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. All right. <laughs> Let's do another ad and then we come back. You're going to talk about control. It's that time of year and you want to give the people in your life something that they absolutely love. Well, guess what? There are few things as universally crowd pleasing as clean skincare and body care gift sets. I love what I get them. Osea is a California-based skincare and body care brand that has been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products for over 25 years. I mean, they use seaweed as their hero ingredient because it's a nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits, including anti-aging and moisturization. 
you know, I personally use, I would say like everything Osea makes. Um, I love their Andaria LJ body oil. This is my absolute favorite. It is my go-to. A nice hot shower. I come on out. My weight, my skin's a little wet still, and I just put it all over. I glow. I feel good. I smell amazing. My skin has never looked more hydrated, and especially in the winter, this is what you need and want. And as a gift, you can give Osea's bestsellers minis collection. It's the perfect gift, and it's only available for a limited time. It's a six-piece set of luxurious skincare and body care favorites in convenient and adorable travel size for a complete glow-up from head to toe. Three best-selling face products, their Ocean Cleanser, their Hyaluronic Sea Serum, their Seabiotic Water Cream, and three best-selling body moisturizers, including, yes, that's Andaria LJ Body Oil, packaged in a beautiful box that's easy to gift wrap, but with packaging this pretty, you can skip wrapping altogether. All of Osea's products are clean, clinically proven, and consumer tested. They're the perfect addition to your winter skincare and body care routine. So for a gift that will impress, check out Osea's bestsellers minis collection. Right now, our listeners get 10% off your first order with promo code KYA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll even get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. That's 10% off at Osea. O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, promo code K-Y-A. On October 25th, there was a solar eclipse. And sometimes these things just really affect me. And I'm sure this happens to all of you too. And the more I've been paying attention to it, the more I'm able to understand it and then take a step back and do something useful with it. So this is the result of that. Because it hit me really hard. So what I real so that eclipse, a lot of it in a nutshell is about control and how it plays out in your life and where you need to see it and where you need to get rid of it or understand it. And I did a lot of self-digging and it helped me. So I thought I'd I'd talk about it here. So anyway, so I realized that I mean honestly, we all have control issues. All of us do. And a lot of us have them silently within ourselves, not such an outward, you know, you might not be the person that anybody would ever call controlling, but for sure, because we're all like this, we have something going on in ourselves, which we're always trying to control. And the purpose of today's episode is basically recognizing where you are being controlling within yourself and then digging underneath to find out why. Just to say this part, this episode is not going to touch on controlling behavior in, for example, abusive relationships. I just need to point that out. I'm making it more for this purpose, for this episode, from an overall um, in our daily lives and in our personal relationships with self. That's what the focus is going to be on with this. So we usually think of controlling behavior as something we need to put up boundaries with in others. And that could be a whole different podcast episode. However, what about how are we controlling in our own lives to ourselves and to the people who love us? 
Where are these behaviors manifesting? How are they constructing a reality around us, which is limited? And where are they hurting our relationship with self and spirit? So that's my focus today. So first off, what is control? Well, control is defined as the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. And why do we want control? It makes us feel safe. That's what I feel. Then we have to ask ourselves, where are we attempting to take control in our lives? Because wherever that is, it's a place where we don't feel safe. And if you take nothing else from this episode today, I want you to ask yourself that. Where am I taking control in my life inside of me? And right there, that's something I don't feel safe about. Control, the way I see it, is really about safety. When someone tells you wherever in their life they're having a hard time letting go of control, you'll see where they don't feel safe. And therein lies some sort of insecurity, a fear, a trauma, or a part of themselves which is underdeveloped. I often see myself more in the past than now, but you know, I'll probably be working on this forever. Um, being very nervous about how others perceive me. I'm indigo. Okay. So I'll get into the color part of this later on, but you know, I'm always trying to make sure that I'm understood, that I'm not insulting or that someone is going to elicit an, a, a negative response from me. So I would say I can look at myself and feel that I probably have a control issue here because that's, that's a fear. And I see this a lot in all of you too when I do readings. It's like, I think it's an empath aura thing. For me, my whole life being likable was about survival from very little on. So now I associate the feeling of likability from others with being safe. So when someone doesn't like me, I can spend way too much time obsessing over it. And in the past, I would spend way too much time trying to change their minds or attitudes, thus giving energy to people that, you know, weren't for me. Now that I understand that as an empath, an indigo purple empath, I'm constantly picking up other people's feelings, emotions, judgments, and prioritizing them over my own. And I'm also integrating them into my reality as truth. And because I realized I was doing this for so long, I've been able to step aside a bit from this. And does it trip me up? It sure does. It trips me up all the time. But it's been helpful to notice this. And honestly, since noticing it, I realize, hey, stepping into other people's thoughts, feelings, and, and judgments, it isn't for the purpose of forming their opinions about me or controlling their opinions about me. That's not what it's for. It's actually for helping them. That's what I do in readings. And when I took myself out of it, I was like, oh, I was being really controlling. And and that was my ego right there. So in readings, I will see control stemming from fear. Many of you who've had tough upbringings are feel for your, fearful you're going to recreate the same reality for yourself and the people you love presently. Therefore, I can see a lot of control issues pop up from this. I'll see people who were like completely poor growing up, trying to overspend today, making sure that themselves and their kids have everything they need. I'll see people who are fat shamed as a child, fearful about every 
food they put in their mouth, every piece of food. I will see people who were abused by their own parents go overboard and making sure their own children are feeling safe and secure in the relationship with themselves. Oftentimes, second-guessing themselves with just basic and necessary discipline. That's not abusive. That's just normal. I'll see people who have been abandoned by romantic partners, people who have been cheated on and lied to, become completely controlling of their partner's privacy, wondering where they are, getting paranoid, needing to GPS their phone, constantly worrying and demanding answers as they attempt to control the other person's behavior. So these are just a few ways control manifests from fear. It's always from some sort of place you don't feel safe. So ask yourself right now, where don't I feel safe? Where are you trying to control? And why don't you feel safe there? What happened? Control is also something which pops up for us because we feel if we don't do it, we'll like drop the ball on life. This is because our egos, which is that wonderful human part of us, the part of us that it's just part of your human composition. You know, you're born in this body, you have an ego and the ego has a purpose. Ego wants you to stay the same. To do that, it loves for us to live in a fear state. When we live in a chaos-induced fear state, we can't grow. And the ego doesn't like growth because that's change. And the ego connotes change with danger. So this is just a basic human thing, your ego. And one of the ways it can control you is through giving you the illusion that you even have control. And that's one of the tricks of the ego because you really don't have any control except your own reactions to things and your own processing to things and your own ability to be mindful about how you process things. Sometimes you don't even have control over your own feelings, but you always have control over how you are going to deal with them. But your soul doesn't fear. That's your, that's your soul. That's the true identity. That's your higher self identity, your soul identity. Your soul believes there are two parts for you. The soul is your first voice, but the ego is the loudest one. So whenever something's going on, the first voice you're going to hear is your soul voice. So something happens, you're like, wow, or that's interesting, or or you might just have a thought or whatever. And I can get into that more on another episode because I really want to do an episode where I talk about separating the ego from spirit, from loved ones on the other side, and all those different voices that we talk about from your spirit guides or whatever. But I will tell you that all those voices are not the loudest voice. Your ego is always the loudest voice, but your ego is not your first voice. So just keep that in mind. And your ego will suggest every time ways for you to control any situation when you're unsure. It's the action plan that never really works. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we've talked about what you're afraid of. So once you've determined what you're afraid of, where that would be like where you're trying to control something in your life. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a career situation. Maybe it's a friend group moment. Maybe it's something at your kid's school. Maybe who knows where are you trying to control right now? And then underneath that, well, what am I scared of that I'm trying to control? Like if I don't control it, what would happen? And if that happens, why is that bad? Like, if I'm not in charge of my sister's baby shower 100% and everything goes wrong, like, what'll, how, what'll happen? Will everybody think I suck? Will everybody think that I did it? Like, what's the underlying insecurities or fears there? Because that's really what it's about. So you got to ask yourself, do I have control over this? And, and I'll tell you what, if it's other people... And their reactions or thoughts or judgments or feelings about you, you don't. You can't make someone love you. You can't make someone make amazing choices. You can't control people's perceptions. You can't make someone want something for themselves. You can't do a lot of things for people. And I will see often control come from love. Like when you love someone so much, you need them to make the right choices so that you don't suffer when they don't. You may be controlling someone's stubborn nature to make doctor's appointments or an adult child's career choice or a friend's incessant repetitive nature with dating not-so-nice people. At some point, you have to ask yourself, do I actually have control here? And why am I trying to even elicit control? Is it because I just don't want to deal with the fallout in my own emotions when they screw up? Because you don't have any control. And if those are your reasons, you got to kind of like step back. You can suggest, you can offer support, you can even say it once or twice, but then you got to step back because it's just not good for you. Easier said than done, okay? Like, again, you're, I'm, <laughs> this, this is not stuff that I'm great at either. I just said I had a whole breakdown last week <laughs> dealing with my own control issues. But maybe if we work on it together, we can get a little better at it. And isn't that the point? I had a reading with a woman and she wanted to move. She wanted to move out of state, but she felt she couldn't leave her incredibly toxic and crazy parents who she loved very much. She was always nudging them to eat better, to make their doctor's appointments. It was like her 50 year old something parents were the rebellious teenagers and she was the responsible parent. She spent all her time and energy making sure they were okay, making correct financial choices, showing, making sure they showed up to other family members' gatherings so they wouldn't be rude or ostracized by extended family members. I mean, everything. She was purchasing gifts for them to give to people so people didn't think that they were, you know, inconsiderate. I mean, you name it, she did, was doing it. And in the reading, Spirit basically said to her, hey, you know, you're not that important. <laughs> and... And I know that might sound mean, but actually it's not. It's freedom. Basically, Spirit was trying to say, like, whether you're here or not for your parents, they're just going to keep doing all these things no matter what. You're not helping them. You're just participating in their circus. The circus will go on with or without you. You just won't be participating in it anymore. And you actually weren't ever helping. You were just trying to control something. And it was just keeping you dancing in their circus. And it was like, whoa. 
you know, I can move. Because whether I'm here or not, it doesn't matter. If someone's determined to do something or think something or whatever, you can't control that. And that's a a big thing I see for empath auras. And that's how I see, like, in our society, we think, oh, controlling behavior, like somebody who's mean or whatever, somebody who does this to you or somebody who disrespects your boundaries. Well, empaths can work a little differently with their control issues. They love somebody so much, they're controlling over that person's well-being. But not everybody wants that help. And then you're just spending yourself trying to do it for them. And, And that's controlling, too. It's hard to see it that way because you might be used to calling it love. But at some point, if somebody doesn't want the help, if somebody's not willing to change their mind, if somebody's not going to go along with it, this is something to reconsider or re-review. We talk a lot about detachment here, detachment from control. I talk about detachment with manifestation. Once you have an intention, you have to detach from it. You just got to let it go do its thing. In my uh, detachment is the key to manifestation episode, I think a while back, um, I was talking about, I think I said this, it's kind of like if you plant a seed, but you keep digging it up to see how it's going. <laughs> That's what happens if you, if you don't detach from something, you just disrupt it. So detachment from control, it's freedom. And it's really kind of like a surrender Just like if you were playing tug of war and you were pulling and pulling and pulling and you just decided this is like a stupid game. You just let go and that immediate feeling of relief. So when you stop fighting, you let whatever was going to happen just happen. And it's, it's really a statement to the universe that you have faith in its own processes, its own arrangement and going with the flow is an act of faith. Letting go of control is an act of faith. Einstein said, I like this quote. The most important decision we make is whether we believe we are living in a friendly or hostile universe. And I've often thought of this because I realize now through doing all the readings I have and getting that spirit perspective, both are true and neither are true. We can live in a friendly universe or a hostile universe. They're really both true and they're really both untrue. Honestly, it's what you believe and what you believe is reality. And I know that's cliche and you've heard that a lot, but it's true. You can believe nothing works out for you or you can believe everything works out for you. Whatever you believe is true. So you might as well just believe the good one because then that'll be true. What you believe is reality. It's that simple. When you surrender more than when you put up a fight or control, you're saying that you believe that going with the flow is your ticket to the best possible reality for you to be living in. It's something which can bring lots of peace of mind too. And again, I just have to preface, this is for, this is, I'm looking at control in the scope of your relationship with yourself. I'm not talking about activism. I'm not talking about speaking up for what's right or wrong in society. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about your relationship with yourself. I just have to centering this to your relationship with you. I'm not talking about activism. I just have to put that out there. Okay. So when you're less controlling with these things with yourself, you can see that you're more open to spirit's messages as well. 
This is because honestly, like letting go of a lot of controlling behavior in yourself, what happens is you open up to a lot of personal responsibility messages for you because you're not so clouded with the illusion that something like you do or say is constantly creating an outcome. It takes a lot of energy. And it's also a huge deflection from what you got to work on with yourself because again, control is just about managing something that you're really scared of. And when you let go of control, you have to deal with the thing that you're actually scared of. And that way you get more personally responsible. And in that way, a much better contributor to the world as a whole. And so what I'm trying to say is that for a lot of you, giving up control will feel selfish because that's what your ego wants you to believe. But it's far from it. It's actually investing in yourself to be a better person for the people you love to come to for help when they are ready to receive it. You become a more whole person who can assist assist into energies that are open and ready and flowing of it instead of like overseeing and dictating and fighting. So let's talk about how each aura color can kind of exhibit these controlling behaviors within themselves. And again, this is always going to go back to your own personal self, your trauma, your fears, your insecurities, everything we just spoke about the most. This auras are, are not, they're kind of like the way in which you act out whatever is going on with you. So the way I see it, like we could all have like different traumas and every aura color might kind of manif- manifest a reaction to that similarly in their own, in their own respective category. Um, okay. But again, no auras are bad and no auras are more inherent. Honestly, no auras are inherently more controlling than others. Some are just more blatantly visible (laughs) and this will make sense as I go on. So let's do kind of the more blatantly visible aura colors. The, the red, the yellow, and the green, they get the bad raps in society when it comes to being accused of being controlling because they're kind of just more upfront about it. And so they get, they kind of get the labels more, and then the other aura colors do. Doesn't mean that they're more, though, controlling. It just means they don't cover it up, <laughs> which I think is funny. But anyways, red auras. Red auras are loud about being controlling. They need to be in charge. They're not going to hide that. They're not, like, ashamed of it. So they don't, they're like, yep, I'm in charge. I'm the boss. Don't like it. Bye. They can't, you know what I noticed about red aura people, and this limits them too within themselves. Like I noticed like a lot of red aura people can't hear things sometimes. They don't want to hear about themselves from anybody, (laughs) which, hey, it's probably good to shut yourself off to criticism sometimes, but sometimes not. And red aura people are really good at never hearing it. And that can limit you because you're just controlling about that. Um, Red auras have a hard time doing somebody else's plans. Hey, you know, we're going on this trip and then we're going to this dinner. Like, nope, I have to plan it, which limits you. Or you're out with a red aura and you're like, all right, we're all going here. They're like, well, why? It's like, just do it. Just do it. Okay. It's okay. You know, they kind of want to be in charge of the logistics a lot, which can limit their experiences. Other people's ideas can rub them the wrong way just because it's not theirs. And I think red aura people can be like really loud in kind of a way that's assertive and it can be stressful for people, which can also limit their ability to connect sometimes because people get scared or they also don't want to, I think it, 
it, it affects you when you're like this. It can affect your ability for people to feel safe around you sometimes. Um, and, and red auras, they can do this thing to be controlling. They have to make people kind of earn a spot in their life by being a certain way, by having some sort of character quality that they find admirable. And that just limits your connections. It's just not as open-minded. Really, red auras just kind of want the best experience for everyone involved and to keep things on the up and up and keep things fair and just. But that can, the way that they can do it can just kind of limit their own experience. Yellows, yellow auras, the way that they can kind of get controlling is they can be very micromanaging, especially when it comes to projects or events. They can shut other people's opinions down. A lot of insecurity because they want things done right, and they have their, they're kind of like a they're they're kind of like a their own perfectionism rules them, and they become really enslaved to it. They cannot deal with their hypercritical nature within their own heads, so they just like I'll just do it myself, which means they can then shut other people's opinions or assistance down, which limits them. They just kind of want to do it themselves, yellows. They're, they're not as great with the team unless they have, like, total control and everybody does what they say. Because they really – yellows do have a specific vision, which is great. But when you have a specific vision, it can also limit other ideas, which might be awesome too. And then you just never got to experience them because you were too worried about making a mistake. With relationships with other people, they can also kind of cut people down. They can create self-doubt with questioning. They can make people not want to connect to them because they can get a little – tough to talk to with their controlling kind of nature or questions. And, and again, when I talk about this, I guess it kind of feels negative. I just did the, the last two aura colors. I'm not being, this isn't negative. It's just kind of how you're limiting yourself. Let's put it that way. So I'm trying to get the most honest and direct examples, which seem very negative, but if you see it in yourself, then you can be like, Oh, I do that. Okay. All right. I'm doing that. Where am I doing that? Okay, how can I fix it? And it doesn't mean like you're mean when you do it either. Usually, like when I was just talking about reds or or even just now with yellows, you kind of do this a little covertly. <laughs> like when you're having your little control moment, you're like, never mind, I got it. Do it myself. It's fine. I'm good. Uh, and people, people just kind of shy away. All right, greens. Greens are a bit of a loner, which limits them. They're controlling about whatever they're doing. So they just do it by themselves. Because they have to do it their way. And they kind of like to do it their way anyways. They can be very ultra-focused, like they won't let up. So they can't just sometimes let something go. They have to sit there with it until it's done, even when nobody else cares. Which can, it can limit them from spending time with other people or trying a new project or just letting something go or letting somebody else help you or whatever. They don't always care what other people care, care about, though, which can limit that connection letting people in or their influence. There's a right way and a wrong way in their minds, which can limit them from other, other ideas. And, and they can be very closed-minded to alternatives. They can also be a little controlling with money, with themselves and the people in their lives. And sometimes green auras have like a measure of worth that somebody has to get to in their head for them to have a relationship with them, which can limit your connections with people. Purples, the way that purples are controlling, now Now we're getting to the less obvious ones, okay? But these are still just as powerful, just a little less obvious. Purples 
are controlling and that they can create chaos to make distractions. You ever have that friend, like we're all talking about something else and all of a sudden like, how are we talking about you again? They're like controlling the dynamic. They're controlling the vibe. They're controlling where the attention goes. They can refocus everyone off one thing and put them on another, like friend or family dynamics or whatever. They can be caught. Purples can get called manipulative a lot, which is just controlling. Purples can exhibit controlling behavior and kind of like friendship blackmail. They're like, I said something vulnerable. Now it's your turn. So they can get like control kind of your relationship with them, how much info you feel you need to share to be close to them or whatnot. And then they can, you know, they can use it against you, which is kind of controlling. They tend to be kind of the spyer or the snooper because they're, they have such a great intuition, but the intuition can get a little paranoid sometimes, especially if they're dealing with their own traumas, like where other people have hurt them in the past. So it can get controlling when they start spying or snooping or not trusting their partners. And they can make accusations. And uh, and they can also be a little controlling with peer pressure. Come on, you do it. I did it. You do it. That. Blues and indigos. Yep, I'm putting you together. I'm sorry. Blues and indigos can be controlling. They can kind of isolate friends or isolate partners. Because they don't like a lot of going out at once. So they can be like, but we're, it's just our night tonight. Or we're just going out. Or I thought it was just going to be me and you on this vacation. Or me and you at the movies tonight. Why do we bring all these other people with us? Because they don't want to deal with everyone else's energy. They can get a little controlling about what energies are around them. So they can isolate people. They can sometimes not want to do things because they're frightened. I don't want to, you know, go here because I heard this could happen or I don't want to do this because I heard that can happen or I'm scared and that can limit their experiences with things because they're, they're nervous. They can be very overly concerned with other people's thoughts of them, which can limit their own boundaries and limit their ability to make meaningful connections with people. They can spend way too much time trying to fix people who aren't worth the time and effort because they can't let go of their need to heal something. Because, like, if they don't heal it, it means that they don't have as much self-worth as they thought they did. So they can get fixated. It could be, like, a controlling thing trying to fix people. They can give guilt trips in an effort to control the people around them. And they can take other people's alone time as an insult. So they can kind of be controlling about how much alone time the people in their life have. Because then they can feel bad about it. They can make them feel bad about it, too. Turquoises. Real quick with turquoises, just what I've noticed. Um, two things can happen. Either a turquoise will try to control the narrative. So it's like, no, that didn't happen. This happened. Like that a little bit. Or they just dip out. <laughs> like when when they feel out of control, it's like they kind of they dip out. Indigos do that too. We call it the indigos. I'm like, you know what? I can't control you. I can't fix you. This relationship's over. I'm going to do the dip. That's kind of an indigo. It's a, it's a form of control a little bit like meh, kind of, but turquoises kind of do the dip too. When they feel like they have no control instead of deep diving into themselves, like why that bothers them, they can just poof, go away or they can try to change reality. And pinks, I saved my favorite for the last because I love I love how pinks deal with control. They just, if they don't want to deal with something, they, I call it the pink joy bubble. They keep it, they keep it out of the bubble. 
So it's kind of like when you were a little kid and you couldn't control your siblings, your little brother, your little sister's actions or whatever. So you did that thing like, I can't see you. Do I hear a dog barking? Oh my gosh. Like, do you hear that? I don't know. I think I hear that. And it's like the most annoying, infuriating thing to the people around you. If you can't control it, you just deny its existence which can really irritate everyone around you if you're a pink. But for you, you're like, I'm cool. Until your joy bubble pops and then it all, like, it's like a dam that breaks and you're like, ah, and that can be very stressful. But that's how pinks deal with things when they can't control it. They just shut it out. Okay. I hope this helped. I hope this helped you see and ask yourself, where am I being controlling in my life? (laughs) What does that say about myself? Where don't I feel safe? And let's continue that discussion on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right. So after listening to your your speech, (laughs) it seems like it's that time again. And it seems like it's always that time for me, which is I have to do the shadow work. It's more shadow work. (laughs) I have literally done more shadow work, homework, than all the work I did in high school and in college. And most people know that I had a 1.0 my freshman year in college, if you listen to this podcast. I had So there's hope for you if you're doing bad in college and listening. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess there's a lot of hope. hope. Yeah, there's hope. Here's your hope. Just, yeah, just think about it. If, you're, if, you're, if you just you're, called people. If you're, if, you just yeah. gave yourself as an inspirational figure of hope. Yeah. So, the, so think about it. If you're in any type of schooling right oh, now, whether it be college nursing school, whatever, high school, whatever, just know if you get a bad grade, I did worse than you. And look at me now, co-host of KYA. You literally fight with the cats every day though. Like yeah. it's... Well, that's your future. You'll, you, you know, you, you're going to graduate. You will graduate, but you will fight with cats when you grow up. <laughs> when you grow up. When you grow up. <laughs> when you're like me. But you know, look, I mean... Yeah, all right. you know, I, I it, there is definitely a lot to this. I, I do have to unpack it, and it's going to take me a while. But it's good that I know about it now. And <laughs> you just like all your things, you know, you have to say. You know, I, you know, what? I'm just going to deflect this. We already talked about one controlling dude, that Derek Brodus, who's probably really controlling. Yeah, with the house. But you know, you know who else is more controlling than me? Who? Tom Brady. Now, it's yeah, a mess. Over, it's a over, mess. we're going to call overtime here. Overtime. Now, that means you may go. You may go if you don't I, want to listen to the nonsense. You can go, but. <laughs> Um, you may go. Now, yeah. now we know we know that Selena Gomez is a KYA listener. Yeah. We know that Brad Pitt is not a KYA listener. Okay. Tom Brady, I don't think is a KYA listener. It nothing gives me more strife than not being able to tell that man about yeah. his inauthentic red aura. Right. And and if you know what that means, it makes sense. Yeah. It it drives me insane. It, it's 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 driving me insane. You stayed up late to watch like a football game with him, I think, because you just need him to know. Yeah, I, yeah, because I, I really watch very, very little sports these days, and I actually stayed up past my bedtime. <laughs> you did to watch Tom Brady lose <laughs> again <laughs> to the you know everyone in everyone in Buffalo. Now was like, yeah, I know. They just cheered for me, and I, <laughs> it's sad to watch. I, I mean, woke up this it morning. Is, it is sad to watch. And I'm like, you went to bed so late last night. You were finishing the game, and you were like, yeah. Tom Brady looked like he was gonna cry. <laughs> I'm like, was that fun for you? Or like No, you know <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest, and this is not gonna sit well, you know, I just 
30 seconds ago was a hero to the Buffalo people. Now I'm going to, they're going to be mad at me. Right. You know, I always thought he, he was like, you know, fun to watch. I, I, I enjoyed over the years watching him play the game. Yeah. I know there's like a lot of controversy over him and, and stuff like that, but I, I always like the command he had on a football field and I enjoyed watching him play. Not to he's, say that they won. I could care less. He's an amazing and, athlete. Yeah. He wasn't a, yes, he still is an amazing yeah. athlete. Yeah. And he's 45, he's 45. That's crazy. He's and, green and blue. I feel like we've talked about him. Yeah, we have. Yeah. But it's just like weird now. Like, cause I did watch, I only watched the fourth quarter. I cannot watch a full game. I don't have the, I can't sit so, somewhere for that hog anymore. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, he just like, he looks like he's going to cry every minute. It's like really sad to watch. It's you know, hard, I, feel, yeah. I, I do feel bad for him. I mean, I mean, I can't feel too How bad for bad him. How bad can you feel yeah, bad? No, I, I, I take that back. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> but. It is it is interesting watching him about to cry you know, on every play. <laughs> He's like a train wreck. Well, I feel it's like bad probably how for you, him. When you watch I, Housewives, or I have something. to say I do feel bad for him because. You can't quantify pain. I mean, obviously, he's a gazillionaire. Yeah. And he'll never want for anything or struggle the way a lot of people will. But you can't really quantify pain. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in this guy's head. Yeah. I mean, to actually want to do this, I would never want to do any of this crap. Yeah. And that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And and that's what he does all the time. And it's like, dude, you got to stop. Yeah. You just got to stop. And it's like he can't. And yeah. what's it like when you're... Your heart's still in it, but nothing else is cooperating. All right. I'm going to put this out there. <laughs> and again, I, it might be unpopular again. Tom Brady and Giselle. <laughs> not, can, am I going to let them skip the wait list? I don't know. I don't know. No. No. They can't, no. You, know what? you guys no. can't sw- skip the wait list. <laughs> you got to get on the wait list. But, you know, eventually your number will be called. Maybe. You know, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just need to hear the yeah. inauthentic red aura thing, and we teach you already yeah. Yeah. what that means and right. how to fix it. All right. Because so, if you just get it, then you can fix it. Yeah. All right. So if any of his New England friends. I wrote a friends, whole post about it. Yeah. If any of their <laughs> New England friends listen, to, if they're from Florida, they're probably South Florida Purple, and that's probably also has a lot to do with it. Every, you know, you know, he, he, moved, yeah, you he know moved to Florida. You know, moving to Florida. We yeah. could have warned you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he like throw like the Super Bowl trophy? Like across the water or something to a boat. Like, <laughs> there there's was like, like a video of that or there something. There was all these footage. I don't know how accurate this is, but people were putting up all the other Super Bowls he won. He was like a normal guy right. with his yeah. kids. Exactly. Like, hi, I won. This is great. Yeah. Ta-ta. You know, tea. <laughs> like, anyway, like, I'm a normal person celebrating yeah. mildly. And then his Florida win, it's like, yeah. he was like wasted looking. Yeah. I don't know if he was. He looked like he was. Right. And he looked like, it was kind of like, yeah, it was nice to see him let loose. It was like, oh my God, you probably ate a carb today. Right. Like, yeah, eat carbs, you know, like drink beer. Like his body was probably shut down after it, but it's Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It probably ruined everything. He probably had an authentic purple after that Super Bowl win. (laughs) So he was wearing inauthentic purple for a while. It's Florida's fault, He's a mess. This guy's a mess. He's got to get... You could straighten it for him. All right. So anyone in New England, not the Florida people, you guys are bad influences I think Giselle's more into it than he is. I guess there was like this footage of her hiring. She hired somebody, I don't know who, like an energy person to cleanse her car. Her car? Yeah. She had like this lady like saging her car. Okay. And, And like people put up photos like she's like Giselle is crazy for it. And I'm like, I get it because in your car, it's where you think the most. It's like where you're stressed or you're just constantly thinking. You yeah. got to sage your car. And I just want to say one last thing before we close. The mailman just 
stop by. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping for right now, <laughs> more than anything else in my life, is that there's a letter <laughs> addressed to the house. What that letter would say, <laughs> a lot different than the other letter the Brodus, that the Brodus has got. And then you can like form your own seven-figure yes. Netflix deal. Yeah, yes. I noticed you have three cats <laughs> that you hate. It is so nice you brought some furry blood to the house. <laughs> we could go we could, we could go on forever with this. <laughs> all, right. all right. Thank you all so much for spending some time with us today. This podcast is for you and about you, and you all take care.